大家好，我叫贝万妮，我是来万了吗？我在说中文，你们现在在听《Live Learn Show》。Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. Hello, everyone. My name is Kirsten Cable. From fluentlanguage.co.uk, and I'm here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. And this week's topic is going to be really cool. I really think it is a very, very interesting one. We're going to talk about how to stay fresh when you're an online teacher, and you've just got online lesson after online lesson after online lesson, and things get a little bit exhausting. That's right. This week, I've got a sort of Twist on the usual Q and A segment because this week's question was submitted by an online language teacher. Recently, I ran an episode about starting to teach online, and the response has been really great. You can get that one in the show notes. And I am an online teacher too, of course. I started everything I do with a flyer advertising German lessons in Lancaster. Had Rudi Völler on it, so that's a deep cut there for you German football fans in Lancaster in 2012. And I very quickly took it online because there aren't that many people who really want to learn German in a one-to-one lesson in in Lancaster, and that's it's you know it's 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 where I started. It's kind of everything that got this podcast started, that you know created the online courses that you can take with me today, the coaching programs, and a lot of what I know about how languages are. Taught and learned, I learned through applying it in practice, and also I know what life is like as an online teacher and the challenges. So I'm here to help. I want to be here to help. That's why I'm starting Teacher Chat. Teacher Chat is a little feature where I am doing the usual Q and A. So I'm answering a question in depth during a podcast episode, but the question is from an online teacher. At this point, I can't tell you this is going to happen every two weeks or every four weeks or whatever. It's not regular because I have to get some questions in first. So if you're an online teacher listening, or maybe you have an online teacher and you think that they might have a question for me, please send me your questions and comments. I would love some material so I can bring you more teacher chat episodes. And this. Email address will be all of your destination for sending your questions, and that is hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Twitter at the Fluent Show or Instagram. Just DM me a question that is at Kirsten K E R S T I N underscore Fluent. I think even for you language learners, it's actually quite interesting to hear what life is like for the people that you trust so much with helping you get better at languages, and often you can get something out of it that helps you. Become a student who gets a little bit more out of online lessons. I know that they cost money, and I know that many things in language learning are free. And you want to get the you want to get bang for your buck. You know, you want to kind of turn up and show up and really get the most out of it on both sides. On both sides. Now, before I get into this question, I'm going to give a message from our sponsor, which is a funky one this week as well. <laughs> It's really cool. I have chosen to feature Teach and Thrive as the sponsor for this episode. Teach and Thrive is a membership for online language teachers run by Kirsten Cable. That's right, that's me, and Lindsay Williams. Lindsay and I every month teach a masterclass between an hour and two hours long. We usually try to keep it short, but we are here for every Q and A. So there's a coaching session kind of attached to it. 
And the masterclasses also come with an in-depth workbook and we teach those classes on topics that our members vote for. So every month you can ask the questions and we're going to give you the answers. Who's this for? So Teach and Thrive is for you if maybe you were thrown into this new world of teaching, maybe you've already got a little bit of a side hustle, you're offering a few one-to-one lessons here and there, you're teaching something that you know well online and you're kind of into it, you know. So your diary is slowly filling up and you find yourself wondering what's possible. Like what else could you do? How could you reach more people? How could you teach more people? How can you, you know, how can you thrive? And that kind of question is something that is all natural to ask yourself. And very often I've found that online teachers really, really hold back when it comes to the business side of what they need to be doing. But it's so, so important. So Teach and Thrive is a space where you can get support for the business side. You can think about your mindset, your products and your marketing. And we'll teach you everything we know as well as we possibly know it. Plus there are discussions with a lot of other ambitious online teachers just like you. So if you want to join Teach and Thrive today, give us a try. It's a membership where you can either join annually or monthly. So you can just join us for a month. There's no commitment and just try it out. You get access to 11 of our Teach and Thrive masterclasses from the archives immediately when you join. So you don't even have to wait. And we're going to teach you exactly what you need to do to reach your goals within in a few weeks really not the big ones but the goals where you really want to resolve something people take action and they're making progress so quickly so i love 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 teach and thrive plus the teach and thrive summit is coming up this year for the first time Lindsay and i are going to take two days and fill them with inspiring conversations workshops and practical tutorials for all teach and thrive members I've set up a little waiting list for you at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash summit. And that is where you can go to check out Teach and Thrive and just learn a little bit more about us. Plus, if you sign up at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash summit, there's also a little gift there, which is a hidden podcast episode that I recorded with Lindsay about online teaching. So... Thank you, I guess, to Teach and Thrive. <laughs> Thank you to Kirsten for sponsoring the Fluent Show. That's fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teacher summit. That was the background. Now let's get to this question. This week's question comes from Cecilia on Instagram. And she says, I'm an English tutor and I've started teaching online because of the pandemic. You see, I noticed that the video conference situation drains so much energy from me. And I wonder if that happens to other students not used to the online classes. Do you ever feel that with online lessons? Do you have tips to avoid that burnout from virtual meetings? Thank you. Now, learners, you're probably taking your fair share of online lessons as well in your target languages, especially in the current situation with the pandemic. Add to that maybe a few Zoom hangouts with friends, maybe some business meetings, and soon your life adds up to 10 to 15 hours of online meetings per week. Now, for online language teachers, this kind of meeting schedule is part of a standard working week. And let's get real, Cecilia is right. It is exhausting. I have felt this too. It really can be very tiring, especially when, to give, when you want to give your best you want to prep the lesson and there's just no time off. This really affects your teaching. And there are actually scientific reasons 
why it is the online teaching environment or the online call environment that can be very exhausting, particularly to people like, you know, people who like your anyone who's just working from home very, very recently, where this is really new. So first of all, there's obviously the adjustment to the new environment, which online teachers just, you know, adjust to, and then we just go. We already know how video chat work. But video chat, according to this article I found in, on the BBC website, mean that we need to work harder to process nonverbal cues as well. You don't see the facial expressions as much. The tone, the pitch of the voice, the body language... You, you have to kind of look out for them more and then paying more attention to them consumes a lot of energy. The BBC's suggestion for making calls a little bit less exhausting is to limit them to only those that are necessary and even to write letters to people. These are lovely ideas, but obviously that's a challenge if you're an online teacher uh, teaching, say, English and you've got 10 students that you want to service over a week. So today, let's talk through a few practical tips for making your life easier and your online lessons a bit less exhausting. I've got this kind of split into three areas, really. The first one is the focus, your focus as an online teacher. Now, Cecilia, some of this can't be helped. In a one-to-one -one online teaching situation, your, intention, your attention is so likely to be on the student in an incredibly focused way. And at the same time, you know that you're showing up on video all the time. So it makes you self-conscious. You feel watched. You have to be kind of watching somebody else intensely. And you're watching yourself intensely. And that is exhausting when it goes on for an hour. And then it's super exhausting when it goes on for several hours. Be aware that you are going to get more comfortable with this over time. And you kind of get used to it and you get used to how you sound. You get used to the sound of it from the other people. So over time, you, you will get used to it. But I've got a few ideas for making things less exhausting and helping you work in different ways of focusing. So like I said, the hour of the intensive focus, that is pretty, pretty hard. So especially when you're working on in, in a fairly unstructured way, What might be the way that you want to show up is to listen to the student's speech in their target language and then to correct them. What I would recommend is that you vary this kind of way of working where you really have to focus, you have to listen so hard and you, you're giving feedback and you're working very, very intensely with some exercises that allow you much, much more of a breather because you're getting your student to do more of the work. If a student wants you on full focus and to correct them for just 60 minutes at a time, that is intense. That is a cognitive demand probably similar to interpreting. Don't have the science on that, but I think, you know, it's, it's very, very similar. I've, I've, I've done both and both really requires a lot of concentration. So if a student wants that for 60 minutes at a time, you have to think about how servicing or service, I say servicing, how uh, working with one student is going to have an impact on your week. You may need recovery time after that. So something that you could suggest to them is breaks in the lesson. And they might be grateful for that, really. They might want a break because 60 minutes, it's an hour, is sort of our default lesson length, but I think it's actually very long. Like I don't take online lessons with my teachers for 60 minutes unless I'm very comfortable in the language. You may want to also suggest some scripting time for them. So instead of free speaking, you prompt your student to spend 10 minutes or five minutes scripting what they're going to say. And those are kind of the breather for you. 
And the student might really, really benefit from actually thinking and having time to think through and maybe look up a few vocab words on what they're about to say. Or you can just shorten your lessons. You can offer a 45-minute lesson. You can even offer a 30-minute lesson. Most popular platforms, places like italki, absolutely allow this. And it's a way of breaking up your schedule. So fill up your week with 60 and 30 minutes or your day. So you don't have the 60-minute, the 60-minute and the 60-minute in a row. Now, even if you think, I'm going to, you know, I can handle this just fine and I can do this four times in a row... If you're not used to this, something that you might not realize is that doing four 60-minute highly focused sessions on one day, maybe seven even, you know, some teachers very, very ambitious, it knocks, it has a knock-on effect for the next day and then the next day. So by the third day of doing this, your whole concentration capacity won't be quite as high anymore. You need to relax. I would explain to the student the benefits of having more extensive conversations and to remember as well that the student does not benefit as much as you think from corrections of every single little mistake. I've done a podcast episode about this before called What to Do When You're Overwhelmed in Language Lessons. I kind of went back through the archive and found that for you so you can get that in the show notes, which, by the way, are at fluent.show slash 183 this week. And another tip that I have for you beyond, you know, extensive conversation and putting in breaks and shortening your lessons is to avoid as much as you can multitasking on calls. And this requires a huge amount of self-discipline. And I, I struggle with this, especially when my concentration starts to lapse. You start maybe having social media open. Maybe you just check in your email. Maybe you go to a news website. Whatever that website is that you go to when your concentration starts to drip a little bit and you're starting to procrastinate, you are going to go there. And it is so, so difficult. So again, for this, I think shorter classes may be the answer. Breaks in the class may be the answer. Or if you want to completely just block the pages on your computer, you could use something like the self-control app or the Forest browser extension. Forest also has a mobile app for Android and one for iOS, I think. So I've put all of that in the show notes for you. Now, I want to share something with you that I've had to learn, really had to learn, which is that you're getting, obviously you're getting paid, right? And you think, I want to do the best by the student. I need to be there. I need to be present. I need to be delivering this lesson because they're paying me. But actually what you pay for when you're a student and you're taking an online language lesson is not just you're paying, you're not just paying for a body to be present or like a face to pop up on video chat, right? You are paying for so, so much more. As an online language teacher, you're paid to prepare and find interesting materials for the student, to give them weekly structure of someone waiting there for them to show up and, you know, do the thing that they want to do to explain grammar rules as they come up, to make them do the exercises and maybe even to kind of push them to practice what they don't naturally want to practice, which means actually a lot of students don't practice writing because everybody prefers, you know, like the, the idea that we have about language learning tends to be for most people that they want to speak, speak, speak. And writing can be highly, highly beneficial. And for you as a teacher, It's also a time where you don't have to have that intense focus. So if you've got students where regularly you've tried to assign them writing as homework and they don't do it, make them do it in the lesson because they'll thank you for it. They will benefit from it hugely and it gives you, it gives you a little bit of a breather. 
it's okay to look away from the screen now and then. It's absolutely okay as well to just mix it up. And it's also okay for you to reuse materials that you've made for one student with other students, because that's how you find the good materials. If something works with one student, with two, with three, and you realize they all really like this reference material that you've made, that is how you find out which of your materials work best. So you learn more about how to teach and it's maybe even how you can build an online course in the future. Now, I've got some thoughts as well about teaching and some questions for you. And, you know, take these and uh, Cecilia, have a reflection on them because some of it might spark a thought of how you can change something up. It is 100% up to you how to teach. In my experience, I found that I need around 60% I need about 40% screen time. No, hang on, sorry. <laughs> I need for every, let's say, day where I spend 60% of the day working on screen, I would then need 40% recovery. So I need to split my time in this way at least, at least with 40% of my time not spent online teaching if I want to spend the other 60% online teaching. And that means recovery time. And recovery time is not screen, screen, I'm doing admin time. It's not I'm writing my promo emails or whatever time. Recovery time is recovery time. So it's important that you remember you are allowed and you must actually have recovery time from your screen. And that is because even if you're feeling fine and you can just handle it now and it feels a little bit strain, strenuous what you're doing, think of doing it every single week for the next year and think whether you would enjoy it and think whether that's doable. So you want to get to the stage where it feels doable now, not because in six months you're struggling. Next point, are you struggling maybe with structuring your lessons? When you're looking for the materials during the lesson and you know, you're sort of in your online folders and you don't know which student is which and you're just multitasking all over the place, that can contribute to the exhaustion that you're feeling. And then it's good to remember that you are the one who is setting the lesson parameters. So Cecilia, you're saying you're teaching recently online because of the pandemic. So if you were teaching offline and you were pretty organized about it, think about how you can replicate all of those structures so that they are back online. You are also the boss of this. So don't agree to timings that don't suit you and don't agree to requests that you don't want to take on. Finally, you do want to allow plenty of business time as well. So all that admin, lesson prep, keeping your folders organized, it is critical. And it's something that you have to make time for as well. In a way, what I'm telling you is you may have to reconsider your schedule, maybe. You may have to consider your pricing even. Because for most of us, a sustainable, realistic online teaching schedule where you are doing a great, great, great job that's not as many lessons as you thought it would be. And that can be scary, it can feel risky, but ultimately you do want to be the best teacher that you can be and that is the way you really, really stick around. So make sure you communicate really clearly about the value that your students are getting when they give you their money, their time, their attention, you know, when they trust you to do something cool for them. Don't be afraid to be as specific as you can. I've got an example here, which is kind of, if you sign up for, imagine you're signing up with me for a session of language coaching or for a German retreat, you know, you know, I'm going to want to look at your studies holistically. I'm going to want to know who you are. I'm going to want to know what your life is like. I won't just give you, okay, well, you know, these are the, 
this is the high frequency algorithm of flashcards because you know that's not that's not ever what I talk about. You know me from the Fluent Show, so you will know I'm not going to give you a prescriptive routine. And all of this honesty about what I think about language learning and this kind of boo-boo-ness sometimes, it helps me find the students who also enjoy my style, who also really respond to that. And it helps me not send the students away, but it helps the students who think the way I talk is nonsense to just find somebody else and go to somebody else. And that is a good, good thing. So this is kind of a business point, really, which is be as much of yourself as you possibly can be, because that is how the good people find you. So that was point number one, which is all about your focus. Point number two is about your environment. These are lots of practical tips, so I'll kind of run through them one by one. The first one is at the start of your lesson, don't launch into it immediately. Allow you and allow your student a little bit of time for everything to settle in. It doesn't have to be what happens with every single Zoom newbie at the moment, which is, can you hear me? Can you mute yourself? Can you unmute yourself? You don't have to do that every single time. But you could just ask your student how they are, if they've got any questions. And a really good technique that I've learned is that you want to state the goal of the lesson at the start of the lesson. Even if you've emailed them beforehand or anything like that. And it might even be a great one to ask them, is there anything that in particular you want to get out of our lesson today? Number two, you are most likely staring at a screen for many, many hours in a row. I want to ask you a few questions. Number one, how is your posture? Are you changing how you sit? I would highly, highly recommend. I used to have this, I used to have this chair that I got secondhand for about 20 quid when I, first, when I first started teaching online. And I had it for about two years and I had back aches almost every single week until I got myself a really good chair that goes up and down, that's got the lumbar support, that is an office chair, right? Designed for people who sit all day, teaching which is what I was doing at the time and life got so much better just from this just from this chair so get a good chair put your screen at the eye height right look up ergonomic design online and really follow that if you're working from home this is important maybe consider a standing desk I've got one and um, I really really love mine be near a window get yourself some natural light in your environment but not too much don't be boiling hot so control your light, control your temperature and move around regularly. You know, it's very easy to sit for hours and hours and to schedule your lessons so that one follows the next, follows the next. Don't do that. Or if you do it, have honestly, just have a stretch break like in the middle of your lesson. You need to move around a little bit in the day. There's also a good question about how is your nutrition? I'm the last person on earth to tell anybody how to eat. But make sure you drink enough water and make sure that, you know, you're feeling good and you're not 100% fueled by gummy bears. That's all I'm going to say. And finally, adjust your screen settings if necessary. Consider maybe in your lessons switching the video off now and then. It can actually be a really good exercise if students want to speak, if students want to practice listening. They might not you know, again, because interpreting the, all of the cues around it is so hard, they may, want, they may benefit from switching that around and kind of changing the vari variations of that. And you may want to consider screen sharing, sharing some slides or giving your student quiet study time. So remember that it's not just your brain that needs a rest, it's also your eyes. 
So you need the fresh air, you need to move around, you need to get good, good posture, make sure you drink enough water and give your eyes a rest now and then. Tell your student as well if you can't hear them well. It's, in my opinion, it is not okay and it is disrespectful for people to turn up and expect you to deliver a great lesson if they're in a super noisy environment where they couldn't bring themselves into a quiet space at all. And it might be that it works, but you, had, you have the right at that point to say, look, this just isn't, it just isn't working. One more point about your environment is you have to remember if you're working at home that you might not be separating your work and your non-work environment right now. Your computer or your tablet, that's kind of your office now or your, your workplace. And that means you need to create a little bit of work-life separation. So think about maybe putting your leisure into a different space. Do you, are you working on the same table where you eat your breakfast and you eat your dinner? Do you, you know, is there something that you can influence about that? Can you maybe do your gaming or Netflix watching on a different device? It doesn't all have to be on the same machine. I know for me, my work computer is absolutely my work computer and I would not... <laughs> I would not find it so relaxing to watch Netflix on that. Now, over time, this is really an over-the-time thing, your workspace is going to become more and more professional. For mine, over the years, I've added an external monitor, so that I've got two screens, and that really, really helps. I've got a desk chair that functions. I was telling you about that earlier. And I've got a standing sitting desk, which sounds really elaborate and expensive and it's very, very fancy. But I got this on eBay. So there are many, many ways that you can, you can create your environment. So I hope you've got the space for it. But even if you don't have the space, consider just separating the space that you do have available and consider using co-working spaces and really co-working spaces that operate safely, I have to say at the moment. But, you know, really think about this as this is your job and your job deserves an environment where you feel good. It is a risk to start taking your online teaching business seriously. It just is. Many people start online teaching as a part-time gig. You think, you know, I'm just kind of picking up a big classes here and there. And I'm the same. I used to tutor when I was a teenager. But you're a professional and you're an adult. And that means you want to treat your earnings as a business. And you want to think, well, if I'm enjoying this now, there is a possibility. This really can be how you make your career for a while. And how cool would that be? So price yourself fairly, invest in a good environment because you want to be here next year. And I guarantee you with six months experience, 12 months experience, maybe a few years of experience online teaching, you're going to get better and better and better. And your students are going to get so much more out of it and your explanations improve and just everything improves the longer that you do it. Experience is not nothing, you know. So I want you to treat yourself, Cecilia, like a super valuable employee, like employee of the month, every single month. <laughs> That's what I am, right? Because I just work for myself. And I don't want you to be afraid to do the, the work that you really, really enjoy and to kind of go with being a bit quirky or being a bit weird. And again, if you're an online teacher, let me remind you that you will find support, advice and incredibly useful tips in Teach and Thrive. And our summit is coming up. So that is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teacher summit and all of the show notes like i said are at fluent.show slash 183 this week i had really i had a lot of fun recording all these tips for you i hope you enjoyed them i hope you're going to get something out of them and there's something in there that will make online teaching easier for you make it less exhausting and that means it's more sustainable and you get to enjoy this for you know for the long term your students get to enjoy this for the long term and then we've gained you know another cool online teacher 
And, you know, I want that. That's it from me from The Fluent Show this week. As always, you can find The Fluent Show at fluent.show and you can send me an email, send me a message, send me a listener intro of yourself saying who you are, where you're from, what language you're speaking, and you're listening to The Fluent Show. And all of that goes to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. You can find me on Twitter at The Fluent Show and on Instagram at Kirsten, that's my name, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore Fluent. And come and support us on Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you next week. Goodbye.